Welcome to Scare Zone Halloween Horror Nights Podcast. It's been a few minutes, hasn't it, guys? Welcome back to the show. As you may have seen on my social media, it's just been increasingly harder with my work schedule to get around to doing this as regularly as I want. But there is so much breaking in the world of Halloween Horror Nights that I haven't been able to cover yet. And this is a solo cast. It's just me. It's just Logan here talking to you about what I think and what has happened in the world of Halloween Horror Nights since I last spoke with you. Last time was Rumors. And then we had Stranger Things confirmed. That's what we covered last time. Now we move on. We've had two more houses. And we've also had kind of yesterday a light scare zone announcement, which when that happened, I said, okay, it's our namesake. I think I need to go ahead and uh, come on the show and give you my thoughts and feelings about this. Now, the to get that one out of the way, the scare zone announcement was more there are going to be five scare zones. I think that's sort of assumed already, but it was confirmed. And also... It's mixed here. People don't necessarily think this is a uh, announcement. I took it as an announcement as I got my email last night. I'm going to pull up my email from Horror Nights, and it was all about scare zones. And it kind of uh, it, it kind of read that there would be a evil clown scare zone again, which I mean, none of us would be shocked or surprised for. But everyone else, here's what the email headline was: New scare zones at Halloween Horror Nights. And when you clicked on it, the thing that came up was Twisted Humor, and it's a video of clowns attacking uh, guests and, and terrorizing them. It says, Terror will overrun the streets. Beware nowhere to hide as you encounter nightmarish creatures in our five sinister scare zones. And even more horror awaits you. But it's like this special video. So when you click on it, it'll take you to the website. And the video has the other announcements, like that we'll get to Trick or Treat, Stranger Things, Dead Exposure. And then there is one for Twisted Humor. So in my head, that's pretty much a confirmation of that. Again, no big surprise. Evil Clowns, always a staple of Halloween Horror Nights. It has been since I was going, since 2001, and I think uh, it'll be sticking around. Don't you think? You think that's something that's, uh, I think it's something people expect now, people want. Not my wife. She chooses to have no, she doesn't care about the clowns. She actually likes Jack, likes the clown characters, but the, it's always clowns with chainsaws. It's never, uh, you can't have one without the other. There can be chainsaw. I feel like there can be chainsaws without clowns, but they may not be able to be clowns without chainsaws. That sounds like that's a that's a life message. I've been listening to a lot of self help books. That sounds like something that would come from one of those. Well, I did want to talk to you guys about the houses that were announced while I was away, and how you can help support this show, and how I'm just kind of give you a brief understanding of what we're doing moving forward, and how it's going to look. But let's start with the house that was announced. The uh, least recent, I guess what you should say. I know people say I have a strange way of speaking. Uh, that's one of them. And it is essentially another kind of zombie-ish house. Dead exposure, patient zero. An original house is interesting that we are getting an original house uh, just after the first IP house. You know, Last year, if you guys don't remember, uh, all of the original houses were dropped at the same time. So it went from releasing each IP slowly, very slowly last year, it felt like. And then all of a sudden, right before the event, boom, here's the four original houses. And you know, I had some of my favorite ones last year. I absolutely loved last year's original houses. But right now, this Dead Patient Zero, or Dead Exposure Patient Zero, it, it's a cool idea, but it doesn't feel, um, I don't know, it doesn't have the importance, I'd say, of what the IPs have done. I, I tweeted this the other day. I feel like in previous years, uh, I've been waiting for the original houses to be announced. And the IPs 
that have been done. And I will even say, let's back this up like five years ago. And the IPs that they were using were ones that I liked, but weren't ones that were as maybe relevant to what was happening in entertainment, beyond horror even. There wasn't a lot of that crossover. And it's such a testament to how Horror Nights has changed. The fact that you can trace back now the last almost decade, or you know, not less than a decade, but what, since 22, 23, uh, that you've had you had Walking Dead for those series of times. You had American Horror Story. Now you have Stranger Things. Three brands that take away even the horror element of the shows. And I think with Stranger Things is probably the least of those three. Um, they are, I mean, Target has a section dedicated to Stranger Things. So it's pretty cool to see. And I think maybe that's why I'm a little bit more excited this year about the IP houses. However, Mr. Chris Ripley did give me some, some tips and some nods that uh, I don't tell him to tell me. I always tell him to keep me spoiler free. I know he knows a lot, but I try not to find out. Sometimes he tells me, but I like to be excited along with everybody else. But he said, uh, these are some of the words I'll say he just told me. He said, you can tease if you want the people who love originals, they're going to love this year. And I said, houses or scare zones? And he said, both. So there you go. Now, as we all know, Horror Nights is running this year from September 14th to November 3rd. And we have this house, Patient Zero, Dead Exposure. Again, kind of a, um, a sequel house. Uh, I know a lot of people... See, see, this is where it gets a little odd for me. I know that they'll say this in sort of press statements and releases and interviews. You know, this is a fan favorite. I don't really have that strong of a connection to this brand with Dead Exposure. I, I remember seeing it, but I'm not... It wouldn't be like if you did something... That was in the universe of your, uh, you know, your blood and guts or in the universe of Jack and Chance or in the universe of, uh, let's try to think of some of the other ones off the top of my head, obviously Shady Brook and those things. Uh, it doesn't have that connection to me. So to me, I'm walking into this much in a way that I walked into, uh, now they were two of my favorite houses. You had uh, Ghost Town, which was sort of this also sequel house to a house we kind of all vaguely remembered. And then last year with Dead Waters, which was the Voodoo Queen. Now, that Voodoo Queen at least had a pretty strong following. People really, I feel like that was always coming up in conversation was the Voodoo Queen. So I think that one had a bigger fan tie-in. This one, though, it just doesn't do that much for me. There's one part of this that makes me very interested. Now, I always think the original houses usually can knock out of the park the IPs. Maybe it's because I have no expectations going in, except for it being awesome. But I have no expectations of, I need these moments, I need to hit these moments. It's like the Exorcist house, or not the Exorcist house, the Shining house from last year. I had some anticipation, and I think it met my expectations on almost every note. But the one that maybe it didn't was like the blood elevator sequence. Because in my head, maybe that could have been done in a different way. And not that they did it in a wrong way, because that's ridiculous to say. But it wasn't necessarily as epic, if you want to use those words as I would imagine. But here's what it says. It says, guests will be thrust into Paris in 1982. You got me there. Okay. You're building a backdrop that I am super pumped about. Paris in the 80s. I dig it. You, you got me. I think you can build some amazing sets. This is where this house will shine. You can mark my words, come back to this show in four months and say, Logan was right. The, 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 the zombie portion of this, whatever. But if they actually are building Paris as Paris and knowing what this team can do, 
I think you're going to have an amazing experience. And that's my one hook. Because the rest of this, I'll be honest, doesn't do a ton for me. But the Paris element, I think, is just super awesome. And you keep reading along and it says, okay, after the Paris part, Paris, 1982, where a virus is turning people into vicious zombies. As they try to escape the living dead, they'll be engulfed in darkness, where they will only see what's lurking in the shadows under bright flashes of UV lights. But beware, guests will never know where someone or something may be hiding. And you can even read more about this. They did interviews about this on the Universal Orlando blog. So clearly there'll be elements of pitch black darkness with some strobe lights. Uh, I'm wondering this year if Stranger Things has was such a, and this is just me spouting out words. I have no knowledge of this or you know no thoughts, but it does seem like in each announcement other than Stranger Things that maybe there is a little bit of cost cutting going on when it comes to how this is built. Now, if you build me Paris, guys, I'll be blown away. And that's what I want. But if it's a house that's a lot of strobe lights and darkness and people you know, just jumping out at you, you know, that, that doesn't really do it for me. I've never been the negative Nancy. And I'm looking at this and I read it and it makes me excited, but I don't want my I don't want to go into this thinking it's going to be Dead Waters or go in thinking it's going to be Ghost Town with this just immaculate, you know, set design and all of these things. But yeah, it says you'll be lost in darkness as the undead hunt you. So, okay. Sounds cool. Zombies. Maybe this means, you know, we're not we won't have another zombie franchise that's associated this year. Uh that's fine. I just, it's not maybe original enough for me to be that excited about. And when you have this, plus you have that clown scare zone that I believe is confirmed. If they want to tell me it's not, at least it's a roving horde. Uh, and then you have the next house that was announced, which I'm super excited about, by the way, because my favorite scare zone, maybe of all time, and at least of the last few years, oh, that's hard to say. I may take that back. At least of last year was trick-or-treat. It wasn't the scariest, but I think they implemented the problem that I think I've had with scare zones the last few years, which is this stop-and-take-pictures mindset. Because you're never going to be able to get away with that, I like that they're building scare zones that have that element uh, positioned within it. So they've built the fact that they know people are going to stop and take pictures within the storyline. So I dig that. But you have to also look at the other side of this, which is Trick or Treat, a house that will be um, will be very cool because I know it because I loved the scare zone. I thought it was probably the prettiest scare zone I've ever been in my life when you had all of the pumpkins again just throughout the trees. I mean, it took your breath away if you're a horror fan or if you're even just a Halloween fan. It was a beautiful experience. And then you'd walk through and you'd meet these creatures and characters and Sam. And that was awesome. Now you announce a house. I think there's a lot that can be done with this house and with this story. I mean, as you know, Trick or Treat, if you haven't watched it, uh, well, they say it's an anthology film, so there's a lot of pieces you could put together with Sam jumping out. But also, you know, if we're looking at this from a business point of view, you had what was a very popular scare zone last year, and you're able to repurpose probably a lot of the sets and a lot of the costuming uh, for this year's. And that's fine. Again, I'm not sitting there complaining about this. I am pumped about Trick or Treat. They will probably be one of the first houses I do. I will go grab my Express Pass and I will hit it. Because that is an exciting thing for me. So now that you have a lineup that includes Stranger Things and Trick or Treat, to uh, 
two brands that are interestingly relevant. Stranger Things, relevant to everyone, really, in the States at least right now, and probably across the country. I'm just not as well-informed of how it did overseas. Um, and oddly, with you know, there is this thing with Netflix, and I think Horror Nights will be a really good idea of uh, finding out what kind of audience those shows really have. Obviously, you can go around their Stranger Things toys and everyone's talking about it. You put it, they put it in the Bill and Ted show. But with Netflix, there's no um, announced ratings. They're not sitting there going, oh man, this has 8.2 million people watching each week or each episode. All of that is private proprietary information, as I believe it should. As uh, a lot of you know, I'm currently working on a television show that's going to a major streaming service. Not Netflix, but another one. And it will be out in a couple weeks. Part of the, of, of the comfort in that is knowing that I'll know the numbers, but maybe you won't. You can still build on your perception. Obviously, we all hope for hits. You can see they've renewed it for multiple seasons. But then you see shows that Netflix has decided to pull the plug on. You're finally starting to see them start to cancel programming. Uh, there was a show called Everybody Sucks, or Everything Sucks, um, that came out last last year, didn't do well. They did not pick it up. You saw um, uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. This is coming to an end in season four. This is the last season that just posted uh, the first half of the last season. So you are seeing Netflix having to make these decisions and not just throw money at it. So they clearly are making these decisions. Now, Stranger Things is a global phenomenon, I think. But let's see. I'm curious to see what that translates into when it comes to people showing up and people going. I think it's going to be slammed. It's going to be crazy. But as the uh, maybe the digital filmmaker in me and digital television producer in me, I am curious what that translates to. I'm excited about this year's Halloween Horror Nights, guys. I'm, I can't even believe we're this close. It is June. It is June 1st when I'm recording this. Some of you guys are getting this June 1st. Some of you guys are getting this a little bit later in the day or tomorrow. We're only a few months out. Three months, three and a half months out from stepping our feet into Halloween Horror Nights. And with that, I believe you're going to be getting a lot of information within the week or so. I think you're going to be having a lot of things people have been curious about. Ticket packages that kind of haven't been announced yet. Tours. Uh, maybe some more specifics on the scare zones. Because right now, the only thing available for tickets is the flex tickets, Sunday through Friday plus one night free, which is still available, which is if you buy right now, you get another night free to Halloween Horror Nights. Pretty rad deal, but I know a lot of you guys go frequent fear, go to different packages. I'm sure I'll be there opening night this year. But we know that the full-fledged, right now it's only $77, by the way, per person, uh, you know, starting at, per person plus taxes. That's a pretty good deal to get in right now. Uh, there are hotel packages that are available now. But the specific, um, yeah, the, the, the RIP tours, there's information about them, how you can build them, and the Behind the Screams tour. They even tell you the prices. You know, Behind the Screams tour um, start at, I believe, if you have a package, $85 a person, and the RIP tours are starting at $191 a person. That is if you have the hotel packages. But individually, they should be on sale and announced, again, I'm just going to say very soon, um, within seven to 10 days, I bet you hear some of this stuff. Just, just... Some of this is speculation and just knowing how it's been in the past. Uh, so keep looking forward to what's happening in the world of Halloween Horror Nights. We're going to bring you a lot of cool guests. I know um, I talked about this 
at length online because a lot of people are sending me messages. And now we'll get to the more, uh, you know, serious, serious part where I'll, I'll make my, my, uh, my case to you guys. You know, I'm staring at my Jack bust right now in front of me, signed by James, and uh, I'm surrounded by Horror Night stuff uh, in my office, and I love it. It's a passion. It's always been a passion. It always will be a passion of mine. If this show ends tomorrow, I will be there opening night. But that being said, uh, Chris and I, and Scott as well, and everyone involved, if you heard different voices on this show, Bart, Will, uh, this is not a... It's not free to us to do the show. It does cost money, uh, whether it's for the service, whether that is for just in time. It's a lot of time. And, and here's my problem right now, guys, is that my time has become increasingly strained and limited, my free time at least, to do fun projects like ScareZone. Uh, I host a couple other podcasts, uh, WDW Today, a show that's advertiser-driven. Uh, BLT, we don't do as regularly as we have been, but even within, it had some advertisers and was building towards a different um, model, if you will. Uh, BLT was a straight-up comedy talk show, so it leaves the door open to the advertising model. What I've learned with ScareZone is it doesn't lend itself to advertisers. Most people are turned off by it, don't understand it, don't get that there is this big of a base that's this interested in the content, and also sees us promoting another Halloween event and that's essentially what we do here. We sit here and we talk and we promote. We talk the good and the bad, but we're promoting an event that's not necessarily sponsoring us, uh, but have been very good to us. Universal's been great to us. I have no complaints there. But professionally and personally, we have a lot going on. I have a, uh, like I said, a new television series that I am producing that I have been, you know, eyeball deep in. I know that's a gross Halloween Horror Night sounding analogy, but just, I just imagined myself with floating eyeballs all around me in a pool. Uh, it's taken up so much of my time, plus my other job and my other day job and all the other productions that we have to do. And then, of course, personally, I have a family, I have a wife and three kids now. Um, it's, it's hard sometimes to say, I'm going to carve out an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, to do this show, as good as I feel it should be. Uh, the first year of this show, I think we created probably the best Halloween Horror Nights-related content that was available to you as an audience member, and I know that because I enjoyed it as much as you did listening to it. We had incredible guests on, James Keaton, Mike, Roddy, Jason Sorrell, so many people who, uh, J- Julie Zimmerman, I, I can, the list goes on and on. Obviously, Aaron, Aaron Klein, of all the people that we had on this show, and how much that meant to me as a fan of Halloween Horror Nights to get these stories I've always wanted to hear. That took a lot of time and a lot of preparation and a lot of work. And what I think you've seen, and look, some of it would be this show as well. Right now, I'm, I'm, I literally had a 20-minute break between when I was ready to, uh, I thought I was going to start editing my next part of my TV show. Uh, my editor said, hey, it's going to be about 20, 30 minutes. So I said, I'm going to go knock out a podcast. Now, back a year ago, two years ago, when things were a little quieter, I would spend hours prepping that show and hours in pre- and post-production on that show. Uh, those, those guests, to get them all lined up was no simple task. So all that being said, I don't want to be like dredging on. We kind of have a couple options here. To be able to budget this show into our consistent life, and if it means enough to you, I do have to be able to budget it into my life. I budget it into the lives of my family and my other work. We've started a Patreon. 
I know you're going to you maybe rolling your eyes right now. We have a Patreon right now, and it's a goal-based Patreon. And what that means is there are certain goals that we can hit, and with that will come either more shows or more content, and not exclusive. This show will always be free. This show will always be available on iTunes or however you get your podcast. But right now what we're looking for is 50 patrons that will at least get us to, during the dark times, it will be enough revenue for us to say, yes, we can do this. I can budget the time to do a show during the dark times once a month, guaranteed. If we can get 100 or 150, we'll release a new episode. We'll be back on track how we were in the first year because that's enough for us to do a show every two weeks and to stay on target with that. There are multiple reward levels. Uh, this isn't going to be something that I feel is a exclusivity. There may be some bonus content I'll throw out there every so often. One thing you will get is when I'm done with these shows immediately, like right now, when I'm about to click stop, I'm going to throw the music at the top, throw the music at the bottom, export it, and send it directly to the people who have already given. And the people who have given to the Patreon, there's there are three levels right now. It's $5 a month, which is what we're calling the Express Pass, $10 a month, what's called the Frequent Fear, and $20 a month, which uh, I didn't expect anyone to do, and people have, and that's amazing, and I, I owe a shout-out that I'm going to give at the end of this show, and that's the RIP Tour. And what you get to that, you'll get early access. I'm going to send you a handwritten or a hand-signed letter, maybe in blood. That's what it says, maybe in blood, Uh from me as a personal thank you for supporting my family and supporting us here at ScareZone, supporting the Horror Nights community even. Uh, and then the last one is you get the blood letter, you get early access, and you get a shout out on the show. So that's what we're offering right now. And that's something that if I can get this up to a couple hundred people, and I know how many people listen to this show, thousands listen, then I'll be able to budget this into my life and we'll be able to produce better and better programming for you. I don't like that the show has taken a back seat. Some people have said, I have time. Let me have the show. I love this show. With, with a passion, I love this show. But I do have to uh, you know, prioritize my business that you know, is uh, successful or not successful, but the business that has an opportunity of being successful. And I think that's a problem right now is that ScareZone, though it's a fan podcast, the business element has always been there for me. We've sold merchandise. We've done promotions. Uh, but because the advertiser thing just can't happen, or at least unless we find the perfect advertiser, and if you're listening, please send me a message. We'd love to have you. I'm not saying no to advertising, but I'd rather be supported by the listeners. We had an amazing group on the pod cruise. I know you guys are out there. So what you need to do is go to patreon.com slash scarezone, patreon.com slash scarezone, or check out on Twitter at SZPodcast. You'll see I posted about it. You know, right now, we're only at about nine patrons, and, and but we just started. I haven't talked about it here on the show, and maybe, maybe there's not enough demand for us to prioritize this over other things. That doesn't mean the show's going to go away. It just means the show will be when we decide, when we want to do it. We've given the show away for free for two years, and we're still going to give it away for free, but we've done all this work for pretty much free for the last two years. I've spent money with all our travels and all that to cover things. Uh, to, to go live, even from the Universal Radio Broadcast Studio, which is amazing, but I have to get myself there. I don't live in Florida. Uh, it's not as you know, simple as one, two, three. But again, we'd love your support. and love for you to take a look at it. Again, that's at patreon.com slash scarezone. If this turns you off in any way, I apologize. Uh, not the intent. This is somewhat a test to see if you guys want it. If it's worth your five bucks a month to have this show more regularly in your life. And back to the quality of interviews and guests and 
uh, talent that we had in year one. One of the things, a very lofty goal in there, and this is something I've been tooling around with for years, since the beginning of of uh, this podcast, which I'm a documentarian. My latest documentary uh, is Welcome Home, Dick Van Dyke. It's not available commercially yet, but it will be available soon. I would like to do an audio documentary, maybe a video one day, but an audio documentary on Halloween Horror Nights. Now, this is a crazy goal. This is if we hit 1,500 patrons, because this is not a, I don't see this as a throw this together, edit it, and send it out. I see this as a multi-part, essentially separate show that will take the guests we've had, the amazing interviews we've had, brand new interviews, splice it together, and tell a full story and go through each year of Horror Nights, or, or at least start with the origin story of Halloween Horror Nights. Um, We have people who have agreed to do these interviews, and I want to know if that's important to you as well. Heck, you may know a Horror Nights fan that just wants that. It's not even a listener. You can kind of point them towards uh, our Patreon. Again, we we appreciate I appreciate all the support from everyone and all the people who sent me messages asking if the show is dead. It is not, and we continue on. And a special shout-out to our friend Alicia Manson, who is the first RIP Tour backer. I appreciate that more than you know, and I hope that you appreciate this shout out um, to see someone go and give the $20 level this soon out of the, the gate before we even able to talk about it on the show is insane. And I appreciate it. And I, and man, it's so excited. So thank you so much, Alicia. And again, for all of you guys listening, this show ain't going anywhere. The show rolls on. We continue on and we're going to keep it going for you. And we hope you consider supporting our efforts to keep this the number one Halloween Horror Nights source, number one Halloween Horror Nights podcast for all your needs. Until next time, keep your eyes closed, your ears open, and we'll see you at Venegans.